0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Everything is Black and White podcast, Chris Knight here, covering for Andrew Mavisgrave this week. Following a two-week break, the Magpies are back in action tomorrow night with a visit of Manchester United. Joining us this week on the Everything is Black and White podcast is Richard Fay. Richard is the senior Manchester United writer with the Manchester Evening News. Thanks for joining us, Richard.
0: Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to be back after the long international break. I'm sure everyone, both Newcastle and United fans, are excited for this game on Saturday night.
1: Definitely, and I guess with Manchester United as well, I guess you'd have liked this to have come sooner rather than later, given what happened last time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Luke Shaw, the left-back, spoke this week um, to Club Media saying that it's been such a sort of gruelling two weeks for United players because as soon as you play a game like the one they did against Tottenham, you just want to get it immediately out of your system and move on. But having lost 6-1 and then we've had deadline day the day after and our two-week break, it's been a testing time maybe for United fans and now, yeah, like you said, it's just trying to get out of the system. And United fans, United players, are well up for this game, this trip to Saint James's Park.
1: Mm-hmm. And are you able to sort of sum up the mood around the club at the moment? Because obviously, the last match, is, yeah, you've mentioned it there. The Tottenham game did not go well at all. But then, since then, you've had deadline day, and I know that. Uh, transfers at Manchester United have come under you know a lot of scrutiny in recent years. They did pull out a lot of deals in the final day. So it, it is 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 there is the mood improved as a result slightly, or is it still kind of down in the dumps given what happened against Tottenham?
0: It is abysmal, to use one word, because like you said, the the fact that United lost at home to Tottenham first of all. I mean, it was a team that Sirx Ferguson often mocked. You know, he had a famous. Uh, pre-match talk in which he said lad it's Tottenham and now they came to Old Trafford with a manager you sacked to bring Solskjaer in and won 6-1 then they had deadline day in which United repeated all the past mistakes they've made since Alex Ferguson left they've signed a veteran striker who's been available all summer they signed him late on deadline day after saying that they had this cultural reset where they would only sign young British players they failed to get top target Jadon Sancho They still haven't got a right winger. They still haven't got a proven centre-back. So there's a lot of still obvious errors with the United side, despite having all summer to rectify those. And if you look at the five players they've brought in, there's an argument to suggest that none of them actually get into the starting lineup. So then you've had to strengthen your side that finished third last season, and United haven't done it adequately enough the gaps are going to get bigger between city and liverpool but it's also the teams around them chelsea arsenal and even everton now are direct competition for united so the mood's bad the results have been bad united are on course for their worst league start since i think 1986 when they lost three of their opening four games at the moment they've lost two of their opening three Newcastle away. I think there's probably a bonus that the fans aren't there because, as we saw last season, they really sort of amplified Newcastle's level of performance. But it's going to be a tricky game. And for United, it's a no win game because they either go to Newcastle away and win or they don't. And the issues get even, they sort of get snowballed and things get worse and worse. And the last two weeks is the real sort of first time that Solskjaer has been seriously criticised for the work he's done, not just what the club have done, but what he's his role at the club. And it's no surprise to see Mauricio Pochettino linked with a possible managerial appointment again. And you've got to say, ahead of such a pivotal two weeks, if United didn't win at Newcastle on Saturday night, it really could be the start of the end for Solskjaer as manager at United.
1: And you've obviously mentioned that there. This is probably one of the first times that Holzknecht come under real scrutiny for his, you know, input rather than just the faults of the club in itself. I know we're only talking about three games in, but that you know that Tottenham thrashing, you know, on the surface of it, I don't think anyone beforehand would have predicted a six-one. But do you think perhaps the warning signs for a performance like that had been in the making for a little while, or was it really sort of a, you know, like the Villa game with Liverpool, probably like a bolt out of the blue?
0: I think that United have been due an absolute thrashing for a while. And I think that goes back to even when Mourinho's last few months. I know he was maybe better at sort of closing shop and ensuring United didn't get beaten. But you look at the way they their one win in the league this season was Brighton away. And that was the controversial penalty after full time. They got absolutely outplayed and destroyed by Crystal Palace on the opening day. The caveat has always been United haven't had a pre-season, not fully fit. They've maybe still got these fitness issues which have been apparent for two, three seasons now. So you've you've got to take that slight pinch of salt and if you want to sort of build into the club rhetoric you'll say, okay, they haven't had a preseason, they haven't had a chance to have all the best players playing and you think last season they had key men missing, etc. So their best 11s hardly played together when fully fit. But the fact that they got annihilated by Tottenham at home and it was Jose Mourinho has really ramped up the pressure to what we've not seen before. Last December, we had a similar sort of feeling where you sense that the curtains could be getting closed for Solskjaer, but in the space of a week, he beat Tottenham at home and he beat Man City away, and that effectively bought him time, not just for the winter, but for the rest of the season. The issue is now, United have Newcastle on Saturday night, PSG on Tuesday, Chelsea the following weekend, Istanbul and then Arsenal. So the run of games is relentless. And if you look at them, this is the, this Newcastle game, it's, it's the three points you have to get. It's, there's no excuses if you don't beat Newcastle, but maybe there are excuses if you don't beat PSG or Chelsea. So the pressure is as high as it's ever been on Solskjaer this weekend and... Like we said, in the Tottenham game, United took the lead early on and then they absolutely capitulated. That was a fault of Solskjaer as much as it was of the board, of the transfers, of the team selection. So there's not going to be any leniency. There's not going to be any sort of sort of rose-tinted spectacles for United anymore because the verdict's very much out on Solskjaer and he had the charm of being a club legend when he first came in. But the same issues keep repeating themselves and it's a matter of time before he either does transform it or he pays the price.
1: And obviously we're speaking now just after we've had both press conferences from Bruce and Solskjaer. Um, we're hearing that Harry Maguire is a doubt for tomorrow. Um, what's, what's the sort of availability like for the rest of the squad? I think they're obviously a bit short up front as well.
0: Yeah, so in terms of guaranteed absences. Maguire's still, as we, as you said, a doubt. Um, he got injured as he got sent off for, for England on Wednesday night. But I guess the issue there is, did he actually get injured or is Solskjaer throwing a bit of a bluff so that if he wasn't playing against Newcastle, there's an excuse. He's not been dropped, he's injured. So I, you do wonder maybe if there's something underlying in terms of Maguire. Maybe he's not actually injured, but it's good to put the feeler out and see what happens. In terms of guaranteed absentees, Anthony Marshall suspended for three games after a red card against Tottenham. Edison Cavani is still in self-isolation, so United are short up top. But other than that, they haven't really got any glaring issues. Axel Twanzebi, there's been lots of calls for him to come in at centre-back, but he's still not quite fully fit, so it would be quite a risk to, to put him in. In goal, there's still a debate. David De Gea or Dean Henderson... I don't think Solskjaer's made his mind up in terms of who's going to be the cup goalkeeper because obviously Dean Henson's played in both Carabao Cup games but does he treat the Champions League as he did the Europa League last season when he played Sergio Romero for the majority of games? So it's going to be interesting to see who he sticks with in goal because De Gea had a bit of a stinker for Spain on international duty and then you've got Alex Teles who's just signed Um, lots of fans would prefer to see him over Luke Shaw at left back He did play for Brazil on Wednesday night, quite late as well in their uh, World Cup qualifier, I believe, against Peru. So he's not really fully fit yet. He only came to Manchester on Thursday, so he will have had max one or two training sessions with his new teammates. So it could be difficult. But on the contrary, the fact that St. James's Park will be empty there won't be fans there it might be a more suitable place for United to give debuts to Tellez and maybe even Facundo Palistri off the bench because it's either that or PSG or Chelsea really so Newcastle's going to be a, an interesting experiment but like you said without the two maybe most recognised number nines available it's going to be interesting to see whether Solskjaer sticks with the 4-3-3 which he prefers or he switches to the 3-5-2 which we saw quite a lot last season
1: and you have kind of sort of cover this a little bit already. I mean, it's, it's, it does sound strange to sort of be talking in these sort of terms because we are only for Manchester United anyway in terms of the league three games in, but it does already feel like, you know, crisis mode, I guess, for the club and Solskjaer as well. And you've sort of mentioned it as well that obviously Newcastle way, you mentioned about the fans and you've mentioned with the, you know, the run of fixtures that are coming up that this is probably, if you're going to go off, go on paper, that you know, the points that they're hopefully i guess potentially banking on more so than in other ones but are you able to put into words you know how important this match is for man united when it comes is is it important in in and of itself or are we talking about it in you know relation to this tricky run of games and thinking this this is the one you've got to get off to a good start with
0: yeah, I think it's made doubly difficult by the fact that I United lost to Newcastle at a similar time last season. And obviously when you've got this tricky run of games coming, it's it's the one which you'd maybe argue is the least priority. It's not the big game. It's hard to build it up in comparison to PSG away and Chelsea at home, Arsenal at home. So with all due respect to Newcastle, they are seen as the team United have to be beating. And this is the first time Newcastle United have met since 2013, when Newcastle had been above United in the league. So there's always going to have that sort of historical, well, at least in recent years, of United being a bigger and more successful club than Newcastle. So just by United's own arrogance and sort of self-belief, they'll believe they should be winning this sort of game. And if United were to drop points, even if it was a draw, that would really affect confidence and stop the rhythm of them going into this huge month and it's a month which really could define Solskjaer's managerial career because if you get off to a bad start against Newcastle and then you fluster yourself against PSG and then Chelsea, you could easily have gone three games without a win in a week and therefore it would be four games in a row without a win and then it is a real serious question of Solskjaer as a manager if United weren't to win in these next three games.
1: Hmm. And as you're sort of saying, you know, it's, it's the start of this run, and to be on to be honest you're looking at it as like a kickstarter to try and get back in track after what's what's been and gone. So if if Manchester United are, you know, as as, as you're saying, targeting three points tomorrow night, and you you've, you've mentioned the fact they're probably going to go into it out, you've recognised number nine as such. Who would you say is going to have to perform for Manchester United?
0: Well, I guess the default answer is you just hope the referee gives them a penalty so Bruno Fernandes can score because the issue is United don't particularly have too many match winners. Yes, they've got good players, but how many of them actually bail them out week in, week out? It's Bruno Fernandes and it's Mason Greenwood. Mason Greenwood, you hope, will get a game. I mean, it'd be inexcusable if he didn't unless for injury, particularly without Martial playing. But other than those two, Donny van der Beek's definitely got to be in a shout with a start. He's not started in the league for United this season. Paul Pogba deserves to be dropped, regardless of his comments last week when he said he still wants to play for Real Madrid. His performance level's just not been good enough, regardless. So, for me, I personally, if I was in charge, I'd drop Pogba and bring van der Beek in. I think he's been f- pretty much flawless since he joined from Ajax. He's just not had enough opportunity. And I'll be interested to see if United did work, did go with a 3-5-2. I think it'd send out a bad message because you're going more defensive against a team who aren't really known for their attacking threat. And by going to 3-5-2, you'd have Alex Tellers in at left wing back. They could bring Wan-Bissaka in on the right, but he wouldn't necessarily offer much going forward. But it could suit Daniel James from the bench. He's been really low on confidence lately. He wasn't particularly good for Wales over the international break. But... He is a good impact sub, he's really quick, he runs up defenders and stretches them. So United will usually have to rely on Bruno Fernandez. That's just because he's their best and most influential player at the moment. But up front it's a big ask for Rashford and Greenwood to fill the voids left by Marshall because neither of them have particularly been winning games by themselves.
1: hmm And obviously we've been talking a lot about what Manchester United can do and whether, you know, as, as you just mentioned there, the players that you've got at, at your disposal there. But on the flip side, do you, do you actually look at this, you know, you've mentioned that they're not particularly renowned for their attacking threat, but do you still think, do you still look at this Newcastle United lineup on paper and think this is actually a team, not not necessarily when you look at it in individuals, but in terms of the shape and the structure, I mean, we're talking last season, there was a lot of criticisms of Steve Bruce and the way that they played, but they did get some big results against, you know, the, the so-called big six, so to speak. So do you, do you, do you still... Obviously, you come here and you Manchester United. You know the the, the minimum expectation is three points. But do you still think that this, on paper, this is a Newcastle United lineup that could well be could be well set up to hurt them?
0: Absolutely. And like I said before, it's a no-win game for United because even if they win, they won't get credit for it. But this Newcastle side, you know, from a neutral point of view, and I don't watch them every week, they do look like the type of team who can still pull off these shock results. And I think Saint Maximum is one of the best players with a potential in the Premier League I think he's the type of player United would probably look at if you know if Newcastle were to not achieve their targets in a couple of years he maybe wanted to push on for a move I think he is such an exciting player we've seen him take players on his assists have been really good and he's starting to maybe add more of a goal threat to his game so I think the way that Newcastle's set up means that United have to Attack and United have to break them down, and that's been United's issue all along under Solskjaer because all of United's good performances and good results have come playing on the counter attack themselves. But you can't do that away at Newcastle. A United team doesn't go to St. James's Park and sit, sort of set up shop. It would be such a bad luck if United went more defensive this weekend, even though they can't afford to lose. So, United have to go to St. James's Park, they have to dominate, they've got to look and try and score goals early on. But I think that'll just suit Steve Bruce perfectly and you know Newcastle have nothing to lose this weekend so I think they've got a real good chance of another upset they've won two of their last three home games against United that's more than they had in the last 13 the fear factor is not there for Manchester United anymore and like I said the fa- the absence of fans probably does benefit United but Newcastle are just as maybe deadly on the on the counter attack as United can be and the fact that United's defense has been so shaky this season has to give them optimism and Callum Wilson he'll be so excited to play against this United defense because the center backs are all over the place and there's no structure
1: and I guess from a Newcastle United perspective are we are, would you probably be suggesting that Bruce would be looking rather than what Tottenham did perhaps looking at what Crystal Palace did because they you know they went obviously they went to Old Trafford. This is a home game for Newcastle, but without the fans. And as you said, many night will be coming to attack. They won't be coming to set up shot. So in a way, he could be looking to look. He, he could be seeing what Crystal Palace did. You know, I think they had, was it 4-4-2 or at least two banks of four. And they just used the pace that they had on the break with Zaha and Ayew. With Newcastle, you've, you've mentioned St. Maximin. You've got Callum Wilson, who's on form, and there's, a, there's also talk that perhaps Ryan Fraser could be in line for his first league start. It, with with these players that I've just mentioned, there and you, I've just just forgotten about Miguel Almirón completely. There, but you've you've got these players that are really well suited to playing in that way. So, do you think perhaps rather than you know, you know, obviously scouts will be looking at what Tottenham did, but in a way, is it actually looking at what Crystal Palace did and thinking that's the route to success for Newcastle?
0: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, even the win away at Brighton, they played, I think, sort of a 4-5-1. And they absolutely blitzed United. And they were so unfortunate not to win it, never mind to to lose. I mean, it was unconceivable United were going to win that game because anyone watching it just knew United were there for the taking. And I think they will be again this weekend. And like you said, there's the pace out wide. I know that's almost a cliche to talk about. But Luke Shaw or Tellez, whoever's playing at left-back, they're going to be vulnerable to pace. wan is very good defensively, but if he does have to bomb up and have to join the attack at times, there's going to be a huge space left behind him. Harry Maguire's absence could actually be a blessing for United because he's been so bad as of late. There's a lot of reasons for that, of course. But yeah, United's make, United's backline looks makeshift at the moment. Only West Brom have conceded more goals than United this season. So Newcastle will be licking their lips at a potential upset because, like I said, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. And Bruce knows that. And he should set up to play on the counter-attack and pick United off because Newcastle will have chances. And if Wilson has one of those days, which we know he can, then he could, he could get two or three.
1: And you've, you've obviously mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, last season, it was, as you said, a similar time of the year and possibly similar circumstances with Manchester United in terms of the form that they came here in and possibly a few injuries as well. Um, do you, Obviously, the absence of fans will be a huge factor in this. But do you think last season's encounter will bear any factor on tomorrow's game at all?
0: I, I do. I think that Solskjaer is just desperate to prove it was a one-off last year. Um, he spoke about it in his pretty much press conference saying that United dominated. But then when Longstaff scored, the whole game just turned. The fans were absolutely electric. They really sort of saw Newcastle over the end and made it even more comfortable for them. But if United go behind, you always question their mentality to fight back under Solskjaer. We've seen some incredible comebacks, of course particularly that uh, PSG won in the Champions League last season but again that's just an epitome of United it's living off past successes and if Newcastle to score early on I think then the United players and Solskjaer would start doubting themselves and they'd be like it's going to be a repeat of last year obviously it's cliche to say that goals change games etc but if it gets to half an hour gets to half time and united haven't scored and maybe even newcastle haven't scored it'll be no doubt playing on the players minds definitely in the back of them and as we saw against tottenham united just didn't know how to react when they did concede so even if united were winning 1-0 and newcastle scored there's going to be that underlying threat of it's happening again so this weekend is a huge mentality test for United because it's easy to say we've had two weeks off, we're going to bounce back, we'll give it our all. But to actually do that is a whole different game.
1: And obviously we've discussed it here. And this is, as you said, the start of an incredibly difficult run for Manchester United. So anything less than three points is going to be looked at as a failure for them. So obviously we've gone through the game you know, the game now, the setups that you're expecting, the players that are available What's 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 your prediction for it? Do you think Man United are going to come away with three points?
0: It's a difficult one because United now have this feeling which they didn't have post lockdown, where you sense they could lose every single game. Almost there's an argument to say they could at least. United should win, and you know if there was going to be some sort of consequence to it, I'd have to back United obviously playing devil advocate and i think newcastle can cause problems on the break but look it's united versus newcastle united should be winning and i'd still expect them to just about win i wouldn't say it'll would be comfortable one goal either way but i'd probably go two on united
1: all Right, i'm I'm, thinking a draw to be honest with you i'm thinking one all mm. but yeah i agree with you in the sense i think it could be one goal either way um i don't think it'll I think it'll be a close game but no well thanks so much for your time today Richard and yeah well we'll see we'll see how this pans out tomorrow I guess
0: yeah we will thank you very much for having me and all the best for the rest of the season to both you and the fans
1: thanks and to you too